Hello, and welcome to Late Night Voice with Michael Ames. Today, tonight, I will be discussing a certain book by a certain man. And that man's name is Ben Shapiro. And I will be reading Porn Generation. How social liberalism is corrupting our... F oh my... God. Oh, even the title reads like one of those religious Puritans who are just so pent up. What's funny about this freaking book title is that someone decided to have a, a ring piercing the O in porn and all I can think of is the Prince Albert piercing, which is so funny. And of course, this book was essentially written by Shapiro. Mm, I want to say, ten years ago in two thousand six. Um, let me look it up very quickly. I think it was, no, two thousand thirteen. Well, no, that's for digital. But this was. Of course. Hold on. Oh, it was written in 2005. That w it would have been 16 years ago. Back when Ben Shapiro was kind of a raging fascist. I mean, raging fascist as in, like, bring back espionage and tradition acts. And about how, and about how uh, Palestinians were dirty, disgusting mongrels that should be forcefully moved away, for the glorious peoples of Israel to take over their lands. Anyway, <coughs> and I thought I might talk about this with the current news surrounding a certain congressman from Florida, Matt Gates, who is well definitely in a, just a legal world of troubles. Where his own party is essentially saying if there's any proof, just fuck him. A man who is, a congressman who is essentially going away because he trafficked 17 year olds across state lines so he could do the do with him. Yeah, this man's gross. But today we're going to be talking about Ben Shapiro. Before the Wilkes brothers, before millions of dollars. were spent to reinvest, reinvent Ben Shapiro's public image from this little fascist, sexually repressed religious Puritan to this facts over feelings, facts don't care about your feelings, destroy the liberals, liberal tears mug collector Ben Shapiro, which it, it's funny because every now and then you get this you get a small glimpse of this of the former Ben Shapiro, the sexually repressed religious Puritan Ben Shapiro, when he was complaining about WAP or ass pussy. But I think Cardi B, where he just said, where he literally just said to everyone, "I can't make my wife wet," and we're and if judging by this book, you're about to see why. So, born generation, how social liberals 
Liberalism is corrupting our future by Ben Shapiro. Oh, and it starts off with Ann Coulter quote. Ann Coulter quote. So you know it's going to be very garbage. To all the members of my generation, strive. So this is like his dedication. To all members of my generation, striving to maintain their dignity, honor, virtue, and innocence in a chaotic culture, and to their parents. <laughs> oh God, I I really miss the old Benjamin because the three reasons to three ways to. Seems you must, I don't know, something three ways you could destroy America. It's just non-stop historical revisionism of his part in like all this tribalism and partisanship and historical revision of just history in general. And it's very telling that in his newer books, he tries to be non-partisan while also being like extremely partisan. And this... It's just so unrefined. And this is just a deep look into a sad man's psyche. And I am going to enjoy this. A generation... Chapter 1. A generation lost. And it starts with a John Locke quote. Virtue... Uh, so it says... The quote says... Virtue is harder to get than knowledge of the world. And if lost in a young man is seldom recovered okay here's how it actually starts i am a member of a lost generation we have lost our values we have lost our faith and we have lost ourselves <laughs> he's talking like an old as societal standards and traditional values have declined and the cre Crassest elements of sexual deviancy and pornography have taken over the public square. It is the youngest Americans who have paid the price. Never in our country's history has a generation been so empowered, so wealthy, so privileged, and yet so empty. <laughs> oh, God, it talk, talks like an old man. This book is not written from the perspective of a parent a sociologist or a teacher but of a peer this is my generation the porn generation and for good of or ill we are america's future well if you're america's future then oh god over the later half of the 20th century the forces of moral relativism Radical feminism, generational nihilism, have gradually destroyed the foundation of our greatness. Instead of adopting stronger moral standards, our society has embraced the lure of personal fulfillment. In a world where all values are equal, where everything is simply a matter of choice, narcissism rules the day. Our culture has bred hollow young men obsessed with self-gratification. Young women are told to act like sex objects and enjoy it. The revisionist historians have effectively labeled 
obscenity as a right that the founding fathers sought to protect. So society told the porn generation that final moral authority rests inside of each of us. And in our vanity, we listened. The mainstream acceptance of pornography has become a social fact. Order a movie. Walk past your local news shop. Log on to internet. It's everywhere. In your... Oh god, this is... This is like very dated. In your blockbuster. Look, this book was from 15 years ago. Of course it's going to be dated. Your newspaper, your inbox. We've replaced faith and family with a warped image of self... Sex and self satisfaction that ridicules the concept of... Oh god, it's just... The writings of a pent-up version who's angry at himself and the world. Purity and mangles the most sacred ideas of matrimony. Oh god, it's just... This is just the rantings of a very pent-up religious Puritan who no doubt did hated himself for having these feelings towards, I'm going to guess, women and how everyone can freely express those opinions. Like, this just all reads as Ben Shapiro's just pent-up frustration with himself and the world. And also another thing, look, I know this is, like, all very dated, so I'm just going to use modern examples. Y you don't go on your phone and look up go on the internet and you see like ads for like Pornhub or anything or chances are you get like news of like bears trade-offs cubs or bulls drafts and whatever the hell the Biden's doing you, you kind of have to look for it yourself it's not like in front of you unless of course it's like a hit song then well and keep in mind songs have always been somewhat known for sexual for sexualization. Traditional authority figures, parents, community leaders, even God, Christ. He should have been wearing a... I think he was wearing a sweater when he was wearing this. Have been discarded. New authority figures of the porn generation are many, and nearly all are members of a course in the culture, one fed by the destructive malaise of the relativist world. Sex ed instructors, university professors, advertisers, Hollywood actors, MTV, oh Christ, this is dated, artists and assorted salaries, A, B, and C list. Act as the new elders of the church of corrupt, shallow, and materialistic Humanist. Oh my god. <laughs> the porn generation now inhabits a world where empowerment means sex with no strings attached. The old faith and traditional morality was too bourgeois, archaic, sexist, and close-minded for this brave new world. Our new god is tolerance of all behavior, and our new credo is live and let live. Oh, the fucking horror of this all. <laughs> okay, so the next part is called the real 
Charlotte Simmons. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Probably like... Um, no idea who that is. As children, members of the foreign generation are presented with moral subversive sexual education programs at increasingly younger ages. Nine-year-olds are lectured into con- about condom use. Twelve-year-olds are pushed to make decisions about their sexual orientation. Fifteen-year-olds are expected to say goodbye to their virginity. Okay, so... I've, I actually went to somewhat of a sane school that taught sex ed, and I did not learn about sex ed properly until... Sophomore or junior years of high school. Which would made me 15 or 16 at the time. And that is of course the age where you hit puberty. And you start to develop these sexual urges. That Ben clearly hated. Therefore hated himself. And the nine years. So the nine year olds. I'm, I'm just going to say Ben pulled that from his ass. And of course he fear mongers about sexual orientation and shit. Like this book is like extremely dated but still funny because every now and then we can still see like either glimpses or repackages of the old Ben Shapiro. And it's just very funny to remind everyone that the cruel kids philosopher was just this. In college. Drug use, alcohol use, and sexual experimentation are the norm. As one Harvard girl told me, we're jaded and it's fun. Fun to this girl. Then shirts at Amsterdam to smoke different types of men. Oh no. To others. Fun means binge drinking or random sex. This book is just 200 pages of oh the horror. And it's so funny. What's, what's ridiculous is that they went all the way to Amsterdam. Well, nowadays you can just travel to one of the few states that allow for marijuana use. Like my home state of Illinois. Why travel all the way to Amsterdam, Netherlands, and you can trans travel to Amsterdam, Illinois? According to a survey of college students conducted by Details Magazine and Random House, 49% had one night stands, had a one night stand, 43% had cheated on a steady partner, 21 had tried to get someone drunk or high to get them in bed. Okay, that's kind of shitty. And 32% had slept with someone knowing they would never call again. Aside from like the 21%, which is just, it's date rape. You're just plying them with alcohol and getting them drunk so you can apply them for consent. That, that is bad. All the other ones, there's just, oh, the horror. On average, response had a 6.4 had 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 6.4 sex partners in their lives. 14% had 6 to 9 partners. 7% had 10 to 14. 4 had 15 to 19. Wow. And 3 had 25 or more. Wow, that is impressive. 36% of respondents had sex with someone they didn't like. 
and 28% had used pot during sex. Why do I get the feeling that the 36% of the respondents also includes the Mrs. Shapiro? Like, they were both virgins when they married, so... And they both hated themselves for having these adult feelings. So chances are, they just hate having sex. The limitless sexual license of the porn generation is not without consequence. It leads to spiritual desensitization, emotional removal, and lack of commitment. It sounds like... It sounds a lot like he's just making these people out to be just robots. The sad fact is that Tom Wolfe's literary characterization of a young girl, Charlotte Simmons, carries enormous weight because it's so true. Simon, Simon starts her college experience as a leader, a fighter, moralist, as fictional DuPont University. Early on, she... Protests the live and let live morality that pervades the university. At DuPont, everyone thinks you're kind of, of some kind of twisted, uptight, pathetic little goody goody. If you haven't had sex, ghosts will come right at and ask you, Girls, have you hardly even known? They'll come right to ask you, in front of other girls, if you're a VC, a member of the Virgins Club, and if you're stupid enough to say yes, it is an admission. Like you have some sort of terrible character defect. There's something perverted about that. Where the hell did this come from? Th this was never in high school or my college. Where the hell does it get this from? Simons realizes that without a safety net of family morality, she is in serious moral danger. Right here was the point where she either cried out or didn't cry out. Mama, only you can help me. Who else do I have? Listen to me. Let me tell you the truth. Beverly doesn't just return in the dead of night and go, and go to bed really late. She brings boys into bed and they rut, 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 do it. <laughs> do it. Barely four feet from my bed. Wow, that's gross. She leads a wanton sex life. The whole place does. Girls sexile each other. Rich girls with 1,500 SATs cry out, I need some ass. I'm gonna get out and get laid. Mama, what am I to do? But Charlotte doesn't cry out to her family for help, and she doesn't extract herself from the moral mire that surrounds her. By the end of the book, she has capitulated to peer pressure, lost her virginity, and given to the values that surround her environment. She has undergone deep depression, and she has emerged a shallower person of expression as opposed to Ben Shapiro who probably hated himself throughout most of high school and college because he had feelings about girls that she shouldn't have until he's married. There are thousands of Charlotte Simmons 
as in the porn generation, when you're surrounded by encouragement leading you towards subjective morality, sexuality, and hedonism. When you can't retreat to a safe haven, it is easier to capitulate than to fight. God, this reads like an old person's The lure of sexual privacy is so strong that it tends to overwhelm the, even the most moral among us. Most of us carry the belief that no one should ever be privy to the knowledge of sexual practices. A belief primarily based on the most basic principles of monogamy. Something inside that resonates the words of Justice William O. Douglas in Griswold v. Connecticut. The Supreme Court case first claimed the non-existent constitutional right to private... Oh, dear Christ. So not only was Ben just sexually pent-up religious Puritan, there was a good chance he also wanted to know what you were doing in your bed. Because for him, it's not just him that has to be morally pure enough. I know everyone else has to be because he's kind of a fascist. Or... Theocrat. Take your pick. We would allow the police to search the sacred precincts of marital bedrooms for telltale signs of the use of contraceptives. We deal with the right of privacy older than bill of rights, older than our political parties, older than our school systems. It is no accident that the social liberals choose sexuality as the starting point in their crusade against traditional morality. <clears throat> this is just so funny. Purveyors of the new morality have been hard at work defining deviancy down as Senator Daniel Patrick, oh Christ, Moynihan, explained in 1993, I have no idea who the fuck this is, he posted on, oh, I'm just going to look up, Daniel Mon Monahan. Moynihan was a American, a member of the Democratic. Oh, he was like senator of New York for the Democrats, who was also... Nally for Richard Nixon or something. And died in 2003. Posted about the deviant behavior in American society has increased beyond the levels of community can afford to recognize. And accordingly, we have been de redefining the deviancy so as to exempt much conduct previously stigmatized and also quietly raising the normal levels and categories where behavior is now normal by an earlier standard. This has been encouraging all forms of sexual expression, among other things. Oh, the horror. This book is just 200 pages full of horrors. And I'm enjoying every second. Because it's like, this is like Ben Shapiro unrefined, un silenced like just straight from the noggin itself and I am enjoying this 
Syndicated columnist Charles Krautheimer pointed out that alongside the movement of to define deviancy down, there is a concurrent movement to define deviancy up. As part of the vast social project of moral leveling, it is not enough for the deviant to be normalized, Krautheimer. The normal must be found to be deviant. Can you imagine just everyone showing off their nipple piercings or, just, or their gags? <laughs> oh, this is just so funny. Oh, Ben is such a weirdo. I th- we we shouldn't make fun of virgins, but for Ben, it just he can't stop it. He is just he comes across as this just sexually repressed religious weirdo, who was born in the wrong generation, apparently. Defining DMCF has meant stigmatizing those who obey the dictates of the traditional sexual morality as fools, as sex, or latent homosexuals. Homosexuals. It has also meant that stigmatizing morals as fascists and hypocrites. Fascists because we wish to oppose our moralities on others. Well, Ben, you didn't also say that the, uh, what was it? The not called the right to privacy, non-existent constitutional right. Hypocrite, because inevitably some of us have not yet been completely pure. Well, Ben, when Ben wrote this, he probably was pure, but then also just sad, miserable. <laughs> like he gets these thoughts and these urges and he can't stop but to hate himself for having them. And I will say he would whip himself, but of course Ben's Jewish and that was and the whole whipping yourself is like a Catholic thing or a Christian thing. So I don't know what he did. We are not fascists. In fact, fascism's Nietzschean ideas are antithetical to traditional morality. Oh god, he's doing the the thing that you're criticize your opponents what you yourself are doing. I'm not fascist at all. We are Republicans and Democrats. We have the right to vote for general societal morality as expressed by our duly elective lawmakers. Social liberals seek to impose their amorality, <coughs> albeit far less democratically. They push their viewpoint through pop culture, the education system, the judiciary, and the media. Like, the only recent thing I could think of is, like, Little Nas's Montero music video. Where everyone just collectively shit themselves. Except for Caitlyn Bennett, who already shat herself. Like, did Ben Shapiro ever go after Little Nas? Because I got a feeling that after a whole WA... That white-ass pussy thing... That 
Because I get the feeling that after the whole WIP thing where Ben just made a complete fool of himself, he was probably told by his like producers or something, don't ever be like that again, because that's how you get made fun of. Because like, everyone was going after Lil Nas, and Caitlin Bennett just immediately went to the racism and homophobic charm after Lil Nas just said, oh, he's going to do Mr. Bennett. Oh, that was so funny. As for hypocrisy, that too is a weak argument. It's always better to do the wrong thing, but to say the right thing than to do both and say... Than to say and do the wrong thing. Oh, so he's already saying, do as I say, not as I do. Like, Ben, if you're... Let's say you are a famous Canadian doctor who has preached... With personal responsibility to clean up your room, but then gets addicted to benzos and wounds up in rehab to help himself. Or to get help, I mean. That you would be a hypocrite. Or or Dr. Jordan Pearson. Yet it is impossible for all but the most extreme liberals in our society to ignore the truth. The tolerance of every social behavior is now the norm. In absence of community-promoted traditional standards, subjectivism reigns. Nothing is expected of anyone. Everyone may make his own rules about what is best. The live and let live societal model is a recipe for societal disaster. The myopic question posed by advocates of the new tolerant morality is How does my immoral behavior hurt you? Yes, Ben, how does the immoral behavior hurt you? Ben <laughs> But the overwhelming truth is that these are not individual acts but inherent societal social acts with social consequences. And when society sanctions and encourages your immoral behavior, that does have an impact. He is 100% talking about gay people. This is a feeling deep down inside me. He is 100% talking about gay people. It doesn't hurt, just hurt me, but it hurts my future children as well. Then I'm pretty sure that the only thing that can hurt your actual children is turning them into sexually repressed religious Puritans. Like you like you used to be. Where you end up hating sex. You end up hating yourself for having these urges. You end up hating... Probably trapped in like a passionless marriage. Where the act of love is just painful with your own spouse. Because none of you had experience before. And were taught to hate this these feelings. And therefore, probably only to, to have children and nothing else. The next part. Truth and consequences. If millions of people accept the deviant as normal. That we shape society in vast destructive ways. For example... Like, like Texan leather replacing cloth, cotton, polyester. 
Moral self-destruction may seem to have no consequence for an individual, but the destruction of societal standards always has consequences. When the stigma left single motherhood, society felt the stain of rising rates of single motherhood and juvenile crime. Well, what can fix that? Money. We can give the money to the single mothers. Ben hates that idea because he hates poor people. He always hated poor people. When the stigma that sexual... License, oh god, I'm going to butcher this. Licentiousness. Society felt the sting in rising rates of teen pregnancy, sexual transmitted seizures, emotional emptiness, and nihilism. What? Okay, the first two, the teen pregnancy and sexual transmitted diseases, that can all be averted with the use of condoms and contraceptives. Which Ben still hates. Your immoral personal behavior may not affect me. It definitely. By exempting your immoral behavior from social scrutiny certainly does. A society without standards is an unhappy, unhealthy society. A society with no future. Oh, the horror. And all of us have to live in that society. <laughs> oh, God. This is just so sad in a very funny way. Nihilism, narcissism, and hedonism are the natural results of the chaotic existential subjectivism popularized by the left. If the hallmark of the baby boomers was rebellion, the hallmark of my generation is jadedness. And I'm pretty sure the hallmark of my generation is also jadedness, but more jaded towards capitalism and religion. Nothing really matters. We're cosmically alone. As Dr. Eddie Jessup puts in the Patty's in the it in Patty Chayefsky's altered states. Ever since we dispensed with God, we got nothing but ourselves to explain this meaningless horror of life. Life is truly a horror when the only moral authority is ourselves, because escapism, hedonism, is the logical result. What is Oh God Life is horrible because without gods, we decide we want to have fun, is what Ben is saying. And he can't take it. And this is just so... Oh, this is so... Ben just oozes repressed virgin. No generation has ever had the benefits of convenience that my generation does. But instead of using our extra time to live, we seek to kill it. People 8 to 18 years old now spend an average of 6 hours and 20 minutes each day watching television. Oh my god, he's so old. If, I, if this wasn't written by Ben Shapiro, I would have pegged this as written by an 80-year-old. Listening to... Each day watching television, listening to radio, or to CD. Using the computer for non-school 
or playing video games. That's supposed to just two hours per day spent hanging out with parents, only an hour and a half doing physical activities, and under an hour doing homework. What kids spend under an hour doing homework? Oh, the horror. <laughs> they spend less than an hour on homework. <sighs> Ben. Oh god, this is funny. Write more books like these. I'm begging you. You'll make people laugh. People will actually buy your books instead of just the Wilkes Brothers buying them in bulk to artificially inflate the sales on the New York Times bestseller list. Because that's what they all do. They only spend <laughs> under an hour doing homework. It's not like kids have like like a study session or study guide. <laughs> Drug use is another form of escapism. Forty percent of twelfth graders have tried illegal drugs. While only eighteen percent of parents have believed that their children have tried marijuana, thirty-nine percent actually have. Sixty percent of teens say their friends have tried it. Smoking pot is so commonplace that Democratic presidential candidates are now expected to discuss their experiences with weed on MTV. When I told one of my classmates that I wouldn't date girls who tried drugs, he said quite seriously, Dude, that's just unrealistic. <laughs> As if any girl on pension. Finally, they're sex. Existentialism and subjectivism are lonely because narcissism is lonely. What the hell? If you build the world to your own specifications and everyone else does as well, social contact becomes nearly impossible. Love, you attempt to reach one another, to another person, to bring that person into your world, requires a faith to which the jaded can never aspire. It's becoming rarer and rarer to find true romantics. In the age of jaded, jadedness, the only human contact between solely physical becomes solely physical, outward expression of the nihilism that consumes the soul. The society accepts solely physical relationships as the inevitable outgrowth of the destruction of traditional morality. Solely physical sex becomes more commonplace. He is true. In instead of having to spend money and quality time and go out and nice dinner with them, you just, with your date, you just go to their house and just have sex with them. Th that's what all romantic relationships do now. No, no Valentine's Day dinner, just sex. No gift giving, just sex. No nice walks with your loved ones, just sex in the parks. This is all true and not just the ramblings of a sexually repressed religious puritan after they helped toss out traditional sexual mores in the name of tolerance some in the media have recognized disturbing sex social trends 
and have given front page covers to the shocking rise of teen oral sex and promiscuity. And so we have Katie Couric stating that whether it's the cover of your favorite magazine, the music videos your kids are watching, or the primetime TV, sex is everywhere. And noting that no matter your child's age, S-E-X either has or will come up at some point. Gee, I wonder if it's because children, as children age, they become teenagers and start to develop weird feelings for either the same sex or opposite sex. I've recently spent a weekend with 20 teens from all across the country between the ages of 13 and 17 for revealing and sometimes shocking conversations. But why should the mainstream media be shocked? After all, they per- they've been promoting the breakdown of traditional morality for years. The social liberals in Hollywood, television, and media are learning a difficult lesson. You cannot... You can't chop away at the foundations of sexual morality for decades and still expect the structure to stand. God, this is just so sad. Today, one in five adolescents say that they had sex before age 15. Two-thirds of suburban and urban 12th graders had had sex. 43% of suburban and 39% of urban. 12th graders have had sex outside of romantic relationships. Each day, 8,000 teenagers in the United States contact sexually transmitted diseases. That could all be prevented from with condom use, you idiot. Believe it or not, the number of young people who call themselves virgin is actually on the rise. But virgin often means that young people are having oral sex rather than vaginal intercourse. One study by Peter Behrman of Columbia University and Hannah Brockner of Yale found that 88% of teens who took virginity until marriage pledges broke them, except for Ben Shapiro, who remained a virgin until marriage and ended up having possibly the worst sex in his life with his wife. Meanwhile, the founders of the New Society are desperately attempting to tell us that we are happy. Well, Ben, I don't think you were happy. For a while. (laughs) We are supposed to measure happiness in terms of sexual experience. (laughs) If we're going back to this case, I guess Ben's very unhappy. In return for a... Abandonment of traditional morality, we have given unrestrained sexual license. The world is our harem, and so, from television to music to movies to pornography, from public schools to college campuses, from the mainstream media to the internet to the ad industry, American society pushes sex. Ah, yes, how could I forget the valuable courses of Titty Slapping 101? And sixteen, nineteen, five, five, oh, three. <laughs> oh, God.
or the famous statue of Mon- Monica Lewinsky giving it to Bill Clinton. Oh, Ben. Please go back to this. I I want to take the old, the past Ben, this Ben, and have him watch Little Nas and have him spontaneously combust. This is what the culture has been selling. And this is what we've been bought and bought and paid for. Oh, this is the social left tout sex without consequences as a reward for our abdication of societal morality. But sex, just like our abdication of sexual morality, and does have consequences which can all be avoided with condoms and contraceptives. That's why he hates them. These are not victimless acts. The high percentage of sexually active young people. Well, I'm just going to do it now whenever sex comes up. It's wreaking enormous damage to the emotional stability of my generation. Both girls and boys who are sexually active before marriage are more likely to be depressed and attempt suicide. A full 25.3% of sexually active girls say they are depressed all, most or a lot of the time. Only 7.7% of non-active girls feel that way. A shocking 14.3% of girls who are sexually active have attempted suicide. 51% of non-sexually active girls have. While 60.2% of the sexually inactive girls report they are rarely or never depressed, only 36.8% of the sexually active girls feel that way. Meanwhile, 8.3% of the Sexually active boys are depressed, are all depressed, all most or a lot of the time, as opposed to the three point four percent teenager boys who are sexually inactive. While only point seven percent boys who are sexually inactive attempt suicide. Six point six point zero percent of the sexually active boys report having done so. I think it has a lot less to do with sex and more to do with the lack of. Mental well-being and health care. Which in Ben's mind is going to be all we solve with the power of... Well, he's not Christian, so I'm just going to guess Moses and the Torah. I don't know. I, I don't know that much about Jewish history or religion because I'm not Jewish. Young girls are the primary victims of the new society. For girls, sex is unquestionably more precious than it is for boys. According to the National Campaign to Prevent Teen Pregnancies, 77% of sexually experienced girls wish they had waited to have sex. Okay, probably because the person they had sex with was, turns out not to be their soulmate, or just one night stand. Girls mutilating their, now mutilating their own bodies, either through worries about their weight leading to anorexia or bulimia, or through actual self-mutilation, which... Entails using knives, razor blades, or even safety pins to literally harm one's bodies. Okay, um. The first part with the bulimia and extra anorexia has a lot to do with how people view women, and that if you're. Like, this is like. Well, a lot of people do not like about. How we treat women is like we always put this 
demand for beauty on women, and sometimes it could lead them to develop unhealthy habits. That's why there is a whole fight against fat shaming or fat acceptance challenge, which everyone, which a lot of people on the right ridiculed. Even though it was supposed to stop this. And the whole self, and the self-mutilation is sad, but it's also chalked up to a lack of mental health care or just struggles at home. But both boys and girls are damaged by most, most by the desensitization they suffer as a result of the over-sex society. No, I say they're suffering more from bulimia. As 2001 Princeton University grad Laura Vanderkam stated in USA Today, hookups do satisfy biology, but the emotional detachment doesn't satisfy the soul. And that's the real problem, not the promiscuity, but the lack of meaning. Dr. Marsha Levy Warren sees that the same problem with children buying into sex culture developmentally, they just aren't ready. She told the New York Times, they're trying to figure out who they are. And unlike adults who obsess first and then act, kids do the opposite. They act and then obsess. They jump into this and are left with intense feelings they are unable to sort out. Warren, Levy Warren knows the rise of what she calls body part sex. The kids don't even look at each other. It's mechanical, dehumanizing. The fall is that later in life they have troubles forming a relationship there to What the hell? Sexual licentiousness was the aphrodisiac that blinded us to the damages, dangers of the scarring traditional morality. Now it is supposed to be our reward for discarding traditional morality, and yet we, as a society, are not happy. A liberal's favorite value, tolerance, excuses our cultural immorality as our societal undoing. As columnist James Hitchcock writes, tolerance fails as a virtue. First of all, because it is some ways demeaning to people. It is much better to res to speak of respect of empathy. But that is precisely the problem. Common sense tells us that there are people who cannot and out not to command our respect or empathy. We regard that they stand for as a stupid, crazy, evil, or all three. To be respectful of them would be to abandon their own moral sense, so that a completely tolerant person would be totally passive without moral center. Thus we fall back on tolerance, which merely means conceding to people the right to be who they are while withholding our respect. But the determined advocates of tolerance are not content with that and keep slipping back into making tolerance imply the necessity of respect. Thus, the obligation of tolerance leads to inexorably to intolerance. Turning the claim to be tolerant to tautology, a statement that merely repeats itself, I am ex tolerant except about those things of which I am intolerant. What was that freaking paradox of tolerance thing? In order to be have a tolerant society, we have to kick out intolerant people. Uh, the Karl Popper, I think. Yeah, it was the Karl Popper thing, Han. 
Yeah, it says unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. If we extend an unlimited tolerance even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed and the tolerance with them. We should therefore claim in the name of tolerance the right not to tolerate the intolerant. Literally what he's saying is, I, w I don't like this society because I want to be intolerant, but they won't let me be intolerant. So he must strive for an intolerant society. And I was like, okay, dude, you, you're failing. This book is meant to force us to re-examine the true consequences of tolerating immorality and the oversex society in which we live. If we see clearly the moral pit which we have dug for ourselves, maybe we can stop digging and maybe, just maybe, restore the standards that have served American society well in the past. It's 2021 and Lil Nas released Montero. And Ben Shapiro was just trying not to combust into flames watching it. It's also an attempt to reach out to my peers. Yes, sex is fun, good, and in the right context, healthy. But let's keep it in the right context. Let's think about our prospective children. Do we want our kids growing up in an over-sexualized world that we do? Let's learn from history. Let's not repeat the mistakes of our parents. God, he sounds like a fucking 40-year-old. 80-year-old or whatever. Just not a college student. Like, he's literally said, Yes, okay, I know what you do is fun, healthy, and it's all right. But I want you to stop that for the sake of, our, of my imaginary children. The baby boomers and liberals who make up the current leadership in this country need to take a good, hard look at what they've done to American society. If they don't feel that the children giving blowjobs are age 12 are the products of a broken nation, they aren't looking hard enough. It is the baby boomers and the grown-up flower children who began the trend of oversex culture. They produced the television shows, made the movies, bought the albums, corrupted the school system, and ushered in a new era of tolerance. They tore down the traditional moral system in the name of youth rebellion. Oh god, this is just so sad. Uh, it's again more hatred of like media in general because they're like meh because there was that one video because Ben of course wanted to be a TV producer and they all just laughed at his face because once again Ben's not funny I mean he is funny but just not in a comedic way more like in a sad way sad pathetic way it is not right that children be dunked headfirst in the vat of garbage we call popular culture. 
Ten-year-old girls should not have anorexia, and ten-year-old boys should not have to question their sexuality. You go fuck yourself, Ben. With that second part. It is the responsibility of parents to teach their children about sex, not the schools. And the responsibility of parents to teach their children values. Oh God, can you imagine Ben Shapiro? Ben, I remained a virgin until marriage. Ben Shapiro trying to teach his kids about sex. Oh dear God, I want to be in that room when it happens. He probably won't even fucking do it. <laughs> Look, Ben. He's seriously not gonna have the talk with. He's not gonna have the talk with his kids, I can tell you that. Look, Ben. Let me tell you. The reason why. Of people are okay with schools teaching their kids about sex ed is because it's very freaking awkward to talk to your kids about sex. Like, I remember the whole banana demonstration with a condom that I had in front of my parents, and boy oh boy, was that uncomfortable. In the end, if prior generations are willing to condemn the consequences of their misguided passions, my generation must do it for them. If parents continue to ignore the truth or won't take responsibility act, we are required to take responsibility for ourselves. The baby boomers told their parents to hike back in the 60s and 90s. My generation can must do the same. We must start the journey back to America that honors virtue and the foundations of moral principles that make this country great. Chapter 2. Fun with bananas. <laughs> Hold on, I, I want to show you like one chapter name. The, like, like, uh, like some of these chapters. Uh, I get the feeling... Like, there's one chapter that I want you here because I don't think I'll get to it. It's called The President's Good Night Blowjobs. And I could just imagine, like, 15 years ago, Ben Shapiro had to wear gloves to just to type that up. Okay, this one's like a quote from Laura Schleisinger. In public school systems across the country, they're indoctrinating kids to be sexual under the guise of protecting them. They're teaching them how to have safe sex. They're not. They're teaching you from the perspective that sooner or later you're going to have it. Not a lot of people remain celibate. I think it's the indoctrination of left-wing agendas. I was nine years old in fourth grade. Says Katie, a cute twenty-two-year-old suburban girl from the north. Did, did you just, in your serious book about how sex is damaging your generation, did you literally just call this girl cute? Like, <laughs> I get a feeling Ben kind of liked this Katie. But of course, that was icky because Katie didn't have a ring on her finger that matched Ben's bureau. 
She's a brilliant Harvard Law Oh god, Ben definitely did have a crush on this girl. And a relatively heavy person. At her upper middle class elementary school, she had the first brush with sex ed. Porn generation style. One day, they tell us they were going to teach us about family life. They didn't separate us or anything. They said the people could engage in oral, anal, or regular sex. But they didn't explain what the terms were. What the hell? I can't remember any moral judgments being made. They gave us booklets with line drawings of what happened. As period guys. Oh, wait, now I remember. Like, like in. I think it was fifth grade, they did a demonstration of what happens to you when you get older. Yeah, I think what Ben was talking about with the nine-year-olds earlier, about sex or something, I think it has more to do with teaching kids what's going to happen to them in like a year or two. Because they're going through changes and they're going to be wondering about them. And we don't want them to hate themselves for being freaks, unlike Ben Shapiro. They also told us that sex can get you pregnant and that it can give you diseases. There were a lot... Unsafe sex, oh god. There were lots of focus on HIV. They said that the only way to be 100% safe was abstinence. What the hell kind of school was this? Then they sent all the girls to the nurse who told us that if we... Glad we weren't dying and handed out our max pads and tablets. Again, this part, the nurses have us. It's teaching kids that what's happening to you is normal and should be expected. Because let me tell you, if you found out blood came out of your wuha, you would be scared as hell. Oh, man, this Katie's parents were given the option to opt out of explicit instructions for their nine-year-old. But they didn't, in fact. In fact, no one opted out in the fourth grade, and only one person opted out in the following years of sex ed. According to Katie, she got sex ed nine times over every year from fourth. Wow, that's a lot. Like, I only remember taking, having, like, the introductory course. And I think it lasted until... And then I had a sex ed class in high school. I think. Like, it's been a while. The classes were co-ed all the way through. In seventh grade, they were showing condoms. We made balloons of them. They had a goofy box full of birth control implants. Condoms, diaphragms. Yeah, it's 7th grade. That's how old? Let's see. 10th would be 12th grade. Literally the age where they start getting... Where boys start getting embarrassed that they... 12 years old. The age in where boys are afraid to be called up to the chalkboards and everyone sees, like, the tent in their drawers. It's like... Like, Ben, these are ages where people experience puberty. In 7th grade, someone said that their friend in 8th grade was already having sex. But that wasn't common. If I had to guess, I would say that at the end of high school, around 50% of the kids in class were having sex. And they were all popular kids. I was in the advanced class, where no one was 
really doing anything. Wow, this is like... I can tell Ben Shapiro's like, Oh, me and Katie are soulmates. Like, this is... This just screams female Shapiro. Like... Gay believes that sex is a good thing for kids to hear. Never mind. Ben lost all interest in her. The disease of pregnancy stuff was good because it scared people off. They realized there were consequences to sex. Unsafe sex. You, you can still have sex by just using the appropriate safety measures. God damn. There should be an education about it so that at least half... There are less half-truths and complete lies flowing around. And people can make informed decisions. Because sooner or later, they will do that. Because they will do that. Because not everyone's a sexually repressed weirdo like Ben. Was a sexually repressed weirdo like Ben. And the more... Like Ben was. And the more intro they have, the better they are equipped to determine when they will do it. She also believes that the parental activity makes taxpayer-funded sex education more vital, citing her own parents' example. My parents wouldn't have talked to me about this if I hadn't had sex in school. By now, at our house, if they start something, I'm like, chill, I'm not 15 anymore. Again, because teaching your kid about sex is awkward as hell. And Ben's going to learn that lesson in a couple of years. Katie isn't a virgin, and she isn't ashamed that, yeah, Ben Shapiro definitely didn't like her anymore. She became sexually active at the age of 19 and had three sexual partners. There is nothing wrong with premarital sex, she tells me. I got over the idea. I can feel I can make rational decisions armed with what I learned in nine years of the same class. Repeating, sex is appropriate when the person is mentally ready to have sex, and when it's not resolved with pressure to fit in, and when she's mature enough. Not to have any regrets. Good for her. Still, Katie doesn't want her parents to know about her sexual history because they still think it's wrong. And I don't want to open that can of worms. For the reason her name has been changed to protect her privacy. Katie is an above average girl and would be considered to this day and age a sexually well adjusted citizen. Her views on sex education and sex in general are shared by many of her peers. Premarital sex isn't seen as wrong as long as you're ready for it, and sex education is supposed to be fair for you. Ugh. With this kind of logic, it's not hard to see why kids are being sexualized at younger and younger ages. Younger kids are when sex ed begins. The younger kids are, are when sex ed begins. And the more they know at a younger age. The more they know, the more they prepare they are. The more prepared they are, the more societal approval they will receive when they have sex. When they do have sex. The society, societal approval means societal encouragement. To have sex as soon as you are ready. Logic also means that having sex becomes a mark of maturity. Those who are ma more mature and mentally prepared will have sex younger. Those who wait until marriage to have sex or sleep must be immature social outcasts. <laughs> or some reason. Oh, this is like... When Ben Shapiro was typing his, uh, when Ben Shapiro was typing that sentence, he was like, "No, I'm not immature. I'm definitely mature. I'm definitely smarter than these people, and I am definitely prepared. When I also 
lay down with my virgin wife so we can have kids. Because that's all sexes should be for. Look, I don't... Look, I don't want this to sound like I'm attacking people who are virgins. Because there are people who have trouble being in relationships. Or don't want to be in relationships. That, that's okay with. I'm just merely going after Ben Shapiro because this is just the rantings of a sexually repressed weirdo who wants to make everyone like like who he was. A sexually repressed weirdo who hates themselves. The truth is that knowledge and information aren't cure-alls. In fact, they can do serious damage to children. What supporters of the frontal version of sex that don't understand is that knowledge is power only when the person armed with knowledge is capable of making fully rational and informed decisions. Children are not capable of such rational decisions, and treating them as adults does not does them no favors. Kehimovitz, author of Really Not what, what Happens When We Treat Children as Small Adults, argues that the anti-culturalists, people who believe that childhood sexuality, left on its own, free of social interference, will flourish and grow in healthy ways, have overestimated the choosing power of children. Ugh. Trained of all feelings but physical pleasure. Rationalized in file effects, personal organization entries. That sex given to us by this ministry is little more than techno fancy. They do not see the alternately insecure and grandiose idealistic and crude perpetual glandular teenager most of us know. Their teenager, like that of so many experts, is rational software and autonomous. Information is all these kids need. They say information and some the programming to counteract society's continued efforts to prevent their healthy sexual natures. So now we have a nation of teenagers who are information rich but knowledge poor. They and their ten-year-old brothers, for a matter, may be adults when it comes to technical information. Certainly, their putative sophistication about sexual matters is a subject of endless head shaking by parents and media. But as they approach graduation, they're the anti-cultural. School of self-sufficient. They remain particularly to real connections. Okay, what this paragraph is saying is that kids might be school smarts, but they can make dumbest decisions, and that is why we let teach them about condoms and contraceptions. So that way they don't knock. So that way boys don't knock girls up when they do something stupid. Oh. Yeah, this is just, it's very interesting. I'm having a better time than bench, than the more recent Bench Bureau books for obvious reasons. In the view of social liberals, children are fully capable of making informed decisions about their, about sex. With this premise in mind, liberals are constantly harping about the right-wing sex education agenda of scaring kids. I'm pretty sure that's what Katie experienced. Scaring kids means absent-only education, telling them that the only way to ensure prevention of STDs in pregnancy is abstinence. These programs are completely out of control, rages William Smith, director of the Public Policy of the Sexuality, Information, and Education Council of the United States, PSYCHUS. They're using millions of tax dollars to provide medical misinformation to us, fear and shame-based messages, in an effort to convince young people to change their behaviors. Dr. Drew Pinsky, host of Loveline, agrees. 
as a pure program, the sort of scare tactics that are used with absence of any education really don't seem to work. Yes, using scare tactics is run in most situations. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask this. Do, do the like 10 people who listen to this, do you think Ben Shapiro is going to put a butt after this? He most certainly is going to put a butt after this. But when the subject cannot comprehend the harmful consequence of an action not yet taken, then fear is an appropriate motivator to inhibit such an action. So when these people say, yes, blah, 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 but then have a but, you can disregard the first part. So just get rid of the first paragraph and say, when the subject, you know what I mean. It's always comical to watch a parent engage in two-year-old child in a Socratic dialogue about why the kid can't cross the street without an adult present. A two-year-old child can't understand the concept of death, just as a ten-year-old child can't understand the crucial emotional loss and desensitization suffered as a result of sex without what ten-year-old is having sex, Ben? What ten-year-old? Ten-year-olds... Don't, I don't think most ten-year-olds even experience puberty yet. What ten-year-old is going to have sex? Oh, dear God, what the hell is this, Ben? For fear of consequences, whether those consequences are spiritual or physical, is a critical component of teaching restraint. Social liberals also argue, as Katie does, that kids will have sex sooner or later, so it's better to prepare them for it while they're younger. This kind of cynical resignation has less to do with realism than with only a certain political agenda, or could be due to, well, kids will do it anyway, so might as well teach them so they don't do something stupid. You know, like that. In reality, social liberals abandon determinism whenever... Whenever it's conflicts with their moral outlooks, they say that educating kids about cigarettes use means telling them that to say no under all circumstances, instead of teaching them that if they do decide to smoke, they should use filters to minimize health risks. Apparently, kids won't smoke sooner or later if we tell them no. Social roles want to prevent children from knowing anything about gun use instead of training children to use around responsibility. Apparently, kids won't use guns sooner or later if we tell them no. For liberals, premarital sex is less morally prominent than smoking or hunting. He's comparing smoking cigarettes and wanting to shoot guns to the natural urges that occur in your in people's bodies. That is not a good comparison. Like, sex, the urge to have sex and be sexually active, it comes naturally. You don't become addicted to cigarettes unless you start smoking them. And you don't start learning how to use guns unless you actually actively want to use guns. And that is based on the person. Oh man, this is just. This is the Ben Shapiro I want to read because it's just so much more wild and hilariously bad than the infuriating trying to pass off as nonpartisan bad. 
Many social liberals would prefer that kids be sexualized younger. Who, Ben? So they can become more tolerant of deviant lifestyles. He means gay people. <laughs> and what everyone used to acknowledge as immoral choices. Their liberal agenda underlies the, the teaching of sexual education. As David Campos, author of Sex, Youth, and Sex Education, a reference handbook proclaimed, Dorchi, a sexually healthy lifestyle. Youth must require acquire a positive, comfortable attitude about sex. Frank and fact-based discussions about topics once considered taboo are essential. Abortions, condoms, masturbations, oral sex, a homosexuality among the topics found. In comprehensive sex education programs. Katie's statement that she cannot remember any moral judgments being made sums up today's sex education. Deborah W. Hafner, former president of Psychus, writes the goals of sex education should be to provide young people with accurate information about sexuality, to give them an opportunity to develop their values and increase self esteem. To help them develop interpersonal skills and help them exercise responsibility in their relationships. To love their values, increase their self esteem. This is subjectivism. Okay. Develop their values, increase their self esteem. This is subjectivism. And it's forcing kids without capabilities into choosing with serious consequences. As April Cornell, a 23-year-old black woman from Harvard Law, explained to me, being a teenager sucks. Teenagers have way more choices than they had 50 years ago. I have way more choices than my parents did when they were 15 or 16. It never would have occurred to my mom not to decide not to have sex or to decide not to use drugs. There are discussions that I had to make as well as this is the way it is. I think kids are being forced into choices they are not ready to handle. April's classmate, Michelle McKay, oh fuck, concerns, concurs, I think there's a lot more pressure because so many things are accepted. There's already enough pressure on teenagers to be cool and social, and when we get rid of any moral constraints, there would weigh upon them if it makes life a lot harder. Ugh. Well, I'm hearing this at my time reading. Because social liberals would prefer that kids gain tolerance rather than maintaining their innocence. They scorn abstinence themselves. In the textbook example of defining deviancy up to include normal, healthy, and even moral behavior. The NARL, formerly National Abortion Rights Action League, now just NARL. Pro-Choice America website contains a Pennsylvanian campaign. Mocking chastity. Images viewers to send a following letter to President Bush. I am writing today as a support of Naval Pro Choice America to order a chastity belt. You might wonder why I'm asking for a chastity belt. Well, in your latest budget proposal to Congress, you asked for more funding to absence only until marriage programs, but do not provide any more funding for the federal family planning program. Until you give us real choice, please rush me the only thing you seem to want to provide to protect my reproductive health. A chastity belt. 
my address appears below. The choice not to have sex is apparently not a real choice. A real choice is whether to use condom or whether to get abortion after having a protective sex. Ben, do you have any idea what a false choice is? It's do you have it? That's a false dichotomy, Ben. Like, they're saying that because President Bush is only using that money for abstinence programs used to apply and not for any other protected plan, they're basically saying, why not give us a chastity belt? Because that's what you're saying. And Ben just, because he's just mind-numbingly dumb, doesn't understand what a false dilemma is. Well, anyway, I had a good run at this. This was funny. The next was going to be sex in the classroom. Uh, where he, I don't know, he just bitches and moans about Planned Parenthood and some shit. This was highly entertaining and educational. And I wish we still had this Ben Shapiro because it would have been just so easy to make fun of him. But now, you know, he's married. He's probably in a marriage where there's no pleasure between him and his wife. And he has the unfortunate task to teach his kids about puberty when they reach that age. So, uh, good night, y'all.